and welcome to the 18th episode of Keen Minds, covering NBC's The Blacklist. This was episode 11 of the fourth season. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa. And we are covering the episode today, so let's just, uh, you want to start with Liz? Just dive right in. It was a very Liz-centered episode. It was kind of nice. It- it was. I I was I was enjoying Liz being a badass and, and using her profiling. It was I mean, to me this was, you know, one of the episodes in which I feel that Megan has done um some of her finest acting. Although I must say in, in all of season four, um I always thought she was a good actor, but she really have gone like this had been an excellent uh, showcase for her, this episode oh, was- in particular. She was great, and Liz is always fun undercover, in my opinion. I, I enjoy, of course, I, I tend towards characters that like undercover work and, and manipulation and such. It was it was very fun to watch. One of my favorite moments in the entire episode, it's kind of sounds odd, but when she's sitting there and she's waiting for them to figure out that the diamonds are not where they think they are, and she's waiting on, on everything mm-hmm. to come through, and she's just, she's got her arm hooked around the... the uh, the, the pole, the and it's just yeah. swinging around like she doesn't have a care in the world. She's just, she plays it off so well, and she's so in control. And so it was really interesting because it's <laughs> one of the things I noticed. It's you've got Liz has always been a great manipulator, but when she's an FBI agent, it's called profiling. When she's a criminal, it's called manipulation. And so it's the exact <laughs> same thing, but it's two sides of the same coin. That you know. It just depends on how you go at it. She's an expert manipulator. She uses it in all parts of her life for the most part. Mm-hmm. But it depends on, basically it depends on who is okaying it. If the government is okaying it, she's a profiler, she's undercover, she's working. If they don't okay it, then she's manipulating and she's working angles. And it's really interesting to think about. Basically, mm-hmm. who who's signing those checks is the entire reason on if it's good or bad. Well, it's it goes to something I've been saying for the longest time about um, people saying, oh, but, you know, uh, such and such is a criminal. Uh, the other one is a good guy. Intelligence, it's intelligence people are basically criminals working for the government. Everything they do, it's illegal. It's immoral. It's... M- repugnant most of it they manipulate they lie they exploit they um they spy they look for weaknesses it's they entrap it's people doing bad things for a good reason as the uh, new tagline for redemption is which was interesting because uh their media team on twitter put that out and it made that exact same comment uh, uh before the episode aired was uh, something along the lines of is she doing or uh, a good thing bad things for a good reason we'll see or something along those lines mm-hmm. but they use that tagline and I said oh that's interesting hey. she's going undercover she's working all of the, these angles and they're using the redemption tagline hmm mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's I, I think it's a it, it was a great episode for Liz especially because we've been we've been seeing very little of Liz on the cover lately. I mean, she went on the cover uh, when she was in, I think the last time she did it was in um, Earl King. 
That's the last time that she went undercover for as an agent. For for the FBI, yeah, might yeah. have been. But um, wow, that has been a while. But to be fair, her face has been all over the place. But I, you know, and this has been a conversation online. You know, how was she not recognized? Why would you know? How realistic is it's that? It's TV. Well, yeah, one of it. One of the reasons is it's TV, <laughs> and you gotta make. You know, you're not gonna put your leading lady on the sidelines just because her face has been everywhere. But the other thing is, honestly, at least, I don't know if it's like this everywhere, but Americans have very short memories a lot of times. You know, I mean, if you think about it, that you have 24-hour news cycles, these people's faces may be all over the place, but how close, how closely do you pay attention? Like, Well, look, you... at, look at Reddington. Yeah, I mean, could people have picked someone out of a crowd, you know? Um, oh, Lord, no. Just... For an example, a few years ago with the uh, the Boston Marathon bombing, I couldn't have picked that guy out of a crowd. I had the news on every moment that I was home, watching the the news feeds when that happened. Couldn't have picked him out of a crowd though, Mm-mm. even though and, I was paying and, attention to what was happening. And look at Reddington. Reddington had been in a hotel uh, under the name Mr. Holmes, and and nobody puts him and Reddington together. In fact, wrestler even says, "I can count on my hand the number of times." They've been a credible sighting of Raymond Reddington. So yeah. he basically goes undetected. And I think a lot of it is um, there is there is a furtiveness that most people tend to have when they feel guilty. And that is what draws people's attention. And cops are trained to look for that uh, because you feel that you have to be furtive and, and, you know, you're hiding. And a lot of the times when you're not, they won't even look at you because they're trained to look for those specific things. That's a really good point there. And you, if, when you have people with, with sociopathic tendencies like red, like Liz, they, they can push that aside a lot easier than some people can. And so, I mean, it's, it's a manipulation tactic. It's knowing how to read the situation and go in with it which works wonders for what they do. It's great. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's the same thing uh, in a way. What do you teach a, a kid when they're like with uh, dogs and they're scared? If you act scared, they will come at you. They read fear. But if you come at them like, I don't care, I'm not fearful of you, they will leave you alone. And, and people is the exact same thing. If you act like a victim, they will, they will act as a predator. If you don't, they don't. So that that is, I think, the way that a lot of this on the covers go. Because you act different, people read you different. So it takes a lot of skill to actually read somebody correctly. And I loved that line that Liz gave uh, gave their CI in there, or their their, uh, their contact. I'm blanking on his name. It's the guy that got strapped down to the wheelchair mm-hmm. and shot in the chest. Um she said, we're going to go over it so much that we forget it's a lie. And that kind of reminded me of back in season two when Red and Wrestler are on their way to Dresden. And he said, mm. you know, Tom Keen, is, he's very good at what he does. He's so good that when he's undercover, he believes the lie. And so mm-hmm. it's it was interesting to see Liz, how well she worked in that world. I mean, and she's done it again and again mm-hmm. and again. And mm-hmm. I, I hope we continue to have her do that because, like I said, undercover Liz is – I love it. And so In general, undercover anybody is fun. And I think part of the charm of Raymond Reddington is that he is perpetually undercover. That's really is. Part. 
that's yeah. He's always telling these charming stories. Liz also ch- told a charming story. It's it's funny because in a way, the more after we've been told that Liz is his daughter, that we're seeing more of him in Liz. But we always been told they we see Katerina in Liz. We see Katerina in Liz, but Katerina must have been also a master manipulator, an undercover, capable, so good that the Aurea think that she wasn't a person that there were like six or seven different people like Vanessa Cruz she was so good at what she did that nobody believed she was one person so we see Liz that doing that and I think we're seeing the, the shades of her mom there oh definitely and and she's She's got that innate talent for it. Mm-hmm. So, hey, and if Red's her biological father, she's got Katarina Rostova and Raymond Reddington DNA. Yeah. That's, it, like I said, that account for that, that's impressive. Agnes is going to take over the world. <laughs> I can see Agnes undercover in, 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 uh, when she goes to the kindergarten. She would be investigating something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. Today I'm finding out who took who took my toy. It's all right. I'm not going as myself today. I'm going undercover. One of the few things that bothered me in this episode, and it bothered me terribly, was Liz gets into that room, announces she's an FBI agent, tells them that Red is the CI, and that stop doing anything illegal in front of her. Now, that's not the Liz of episode one, and uh, season one and two, where they were like, they had the, the stolen painting and she wasn't doing anything. Uh, they were in a room full of, of things saying property of the United States. They were not, she wasn't saying anything. And it was very, to me, it was very, uh, uh, an attack on Red in particular, because Red went through ginormous efforts with Gregory the Vride to restore his reputation. And here she is, not even announcing, I know this guy is, or I'm I'm a crooked cop or whatever, that she could have said to stop it and 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 make it like he does usually. No, he's, I pay him, I pay her to keep me informed. Nothing. It was like this is it. I'm you're my CI. So basically he's putting life's red on the line. And I found yeah, and that I- interesting i have two theories i have two ways that it could possibly be uh in my head and and there may be a third or fourth or you know a million different reasons for it the two that i saw is one of two reasons one of them is she just got her badge back she's come back from being on the run she's she's lived this life she's walked in these shoes she understands it better and suddenly she has her badge back and she needs to prove to the FBI that she is still a federal agent. She's not a criminal. Herself. She's a federal agent. A proof to, to herself. herself. Yeah, I mean, that's she's thinking she's proving it to the FBI. She's really proving it to herself. And so she's going to go. I loved Red's comment. Someone's going to, someone's mm-hmm. over-caffeinated this morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's. She really is going on overdrive there, in which, like you said, she she put Red in danger by doing that. And she doesn't know those people. She doesn't know if they're going to go off and tell other people. And that's one possibility to me, is that 
that she is trying to prove to herself and telling herself that she's proving it to the FBI that she is still Agent Elizabeth Keene. She she is going to toe that line. The mm-hmm. other thing, and I think this is also possible, she just found out about Kate's death. She's pissed. At that point, she has not brought it up to him. She has not made a comment about this. And so she's making his life hell. Mm. You know, it just she's just angry. It's probably a combo of the two. I think there's a no third thing going on. In the episode, we 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 tackle Emma being first an agent, then going to work for Red full time, losing herself in it. Her marriage got destroyed. Uh, she can't see her kid. Um, I think they're setting that up. They're setting up that comparison. They're setting up those choices for Liz. And this was a very good one where, where you start Liz by saying, I'm an FBI, you're my informant. Liz is harder. Harder, more... Um, she has narcissistic tendencies. It's going to be... However caring she is, it's always going to be about her. So I, I thought it was a very interesting choice they made there. She was also really laying down the boundaries I think with him and that may be another thing is that she's coming back from this she's well aware that she has her badge back because of him she more or less thanked him in the last episode for doing it freaked her out a little bit but she did thank him and <laughs> now I mean it it could very easily come about well I got your badge back I get special privileges Red wouldn't really I don't think Red would do that but it could be seen that way. She could be worried that it is seen that way from anybody that knows. And she's just trying to, kind of like not letting him come to her home right now. She had no problem with Dimbe being there. I mean, she didn't bat an eye. She invited him in. But when Red asked if he could come, she told him not right then. So I think that she's trying to lay down some boundaries with him. And that's probably one of those efforts to do it. Mm-hmm. If Red's yes, not going to let I, her go, she's going to let herself go no matter what. She's going to do it she's herself. Gonna she's not going to allow Red to control her life. She's going to put the space needed there. Even if he's going to be in her life, she's going to make sure that space is there so that she doesn't lose herself. And it very much like the parallel you just just drew with Emma. You know, Emma lost herself in it. I think Liz is trying to put the brakes on to keep her herself from doing that. Because she, I mean, if you look at her when she was on the run, she did. I mean, it, it was you saw a wrestler with that, you know, trying to save her from it. And there was a lot of that, of, well, I'm just a bad person. And so, so many times she she told Tom that, she told Red that, in which she felt so guilty over the things she did while she was on the run. I think there's going to be a lot of this try inner struggle that we're not going to necessarily see spelled out for us, but we're going to see the subtle tones of, you know, that she's got her badge back. How, how does she earn that to herself? How does she draw the lines that need to be drawn? How does she make sure that she doesn't cross a line that she can never come back from? Has she crossed that line she can never come back from? Is she able to go back? There's just a lot of questions there that she probably doesn't even... 
may not even be allowing herself to really contemplate in very clear terms, but they're still going to be there subconsciously, if that makes sense. Oh, there was a little parallel that happened in my brain and I lost it. Oh, it will come back. Sorry. Um, yeah, it will come back. Um, it, it is It is all very interesting. I, I love the way the writers set things up because they these seeds have been planted a long time ago. Um, and, and, and we are like kind of like picking up those little threads of, of that. And that was a parallel that escaped, but it will come. Um, one of the things that is interesting here is that the person pushing to let go of the past, because Liz right now has all this conflicting things going at her. She wants to have answers about her past. And that is a little carrot dangle in front of her. So the, I, I thought that, that there was an interesting thing, that parallel being drawn between um, Liz wanting answers about her past, which necessarily are going to bring red in her life, and Liz wanting, and Tom wanting to forget the past and concentrate on the present. And she seems to go back and forth between those two. Um, so the, the other thing is, oh, I remember the other thing about that is Liz kept saying to herself, I'm a terrible person. She said it to Tom. She said it to wrestler. I think she has said it to about every person that, you know, she's a terrible person. She has done terrible things. I remember there is one question that red has never answered to her was my mother. Everybody talks about her as if she were a terrible person. Was she? and never answer. So I do think that, that is another parallel being that was dropped in and it's picking up, it's been picked up a little at a time throughout the series. And I, I love watching the blacklist because it is so well written in that sense that they don't, they don't, they're not blatantly obvious. They just, just drop the stuff right there in front of you, like a cat in your, in your, in your um, keyboard. They just give you a little hint here and a hint there, and you, it, you have to do the work to pick up the pieces. You do, and a lot of it is very subtle. They, some writers can do it, some writers can't pull off the subtle, and, and these can, where they, they draw the very, very good parallels between, they pick up threads that, that, most of the audiences just assume have been forgotten. It's, I mean, I remember I spent the majority of season three going, we've forgotten Bud. McCready is never coming back. It's been months. It must have been months. Where's McCready? And then finally McCready came back when the story allowed for it. And mm -hmm. I, I've been on, I feel like I've kind of been on repeat the last, oh, at least season four. I, I think it started when I did my rewatch over the summer. The, I just really didn't give enough credit to the writers. They're actually very, very good. Yeah, they are. <laughs> so you, you just have to give them the time that they need because, I mean, and don't get me wrong, a, a lot of people are very... They, they need things right here, right now. Um, and, and I understand that. I'm that way in a lot of things, but... You can't do that with a story. I mean, this this is not a movie. This a movie you've got two hours to tell your story. This is a multi-season, and they're going to get... I, 
I'm pretty sure they're going to get picked up for another season. I don't see why they wouldn't. Um, you know, at least one more season of the show, possibly more. And, um, you know, it, you can't give all the answers right away or what on earth would people come back for? I understand. Uh, yeah, I agree. It, it's, um, I also think that there is an innate tendency that the writers exploit to perfection in assuming that because something was mentioned and then dropped, it's unimportant or, or it's forgotten. forgotten. And the truth is that the, yeah, I always repeat it. The blacklist, it's a magic act. Look at it. You got a hat. You got rabbits. You got a guy that wears a hat in 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 Aram saying he loves magic. It's like magic. Oh, he's a magician. Yes, he is. And the blacklists are doing exactly the same thing. They distract you with a pretty picture over here. And meanwhile, on the other hand, they just put something in. They took it out, so they show it to you. They you can't say that you didn't see it. Then they put it away and. You know, 15 episodes later, oh, here it is, another little hint. And then at the end, they're going to reveal, they're going to take off the, the cape and you're going to reveal the whole thing. And you're like, oh, wow, that's been there all my, all under, under my very nose and I never saw it. And so when you watch the blacklist, you really have to pay attention to the little details and keep them in your head because you will start seeing the little bit of drop here, a drop here, a drop here. And you have to add all that to make a clue. I, I think it's great. I, I love this episode seeing those, what you just said, the profiling and the manipulation is just the same coin. You know, in reality, Red and her are very similar. He's just an FBI agent and the other you know, guy's a criminal. So, and, um, and it really begs the question of who gets to call it right and wrong. It all depends. I mean, if you go by the law, then, you know, you, you're very clear. One is a criminal, the other one is not. The things start to get muddy when you talk about intelligence because intelligence, uh, it's by nature illegal. I mean, there is a reason why they're called covert units, you and know? That's, that's one reason I've been so entertained with redemption coming up is because we've got a group of people that are sanctioned by the government but they are not part of the government. So is this a legal group? Is it an illegal group? Is it somewhere in the gray? And it's it's going to be really fascinating. And Scotty really pointed that out in the, the backdoor pilot for mm -hmm. when she made the comment. She said, you guys look the other way all the time when it suits you. It's mm -hmm. time to do it again. You know, well, yeah, and Solomon also had a great line. It's like, you know, we take the cases that are um, legally uh legally um so, uh, morally morally acceptable but legally questionable yeah so morally that, justifiable yeah buster is justifiable that is exactly what what they're doing and and i think as we go along in the series that distinction in the post office is eroding and eroding more and more 100 percent agree with that and as we've watched it with all of the characters, I mean, we, we've seen even Wrestler, who is, you've got Wrestler, who is by the book, who is, you know, I mean, 
I, I, I picture him with the rule book by his bedside table, you know, <laughs> and, but even he has found points where he will bend that binding a little bit as, as Cooper has said before. And Aram, who balked at the idea of committing treason, you know, when they were trying to save Liz, still was willing to go through with it. He's run, you know, wiretaps he shouldn't have run. He's pulled a gun on, <laughs> on the, the assistant direction of, of the clandestine yeah. services. And so, I mean, all of them have been willing to cross that line at various points. It, it's very interesting, and it's fascinating to watch them on this journey, and... It really is a question of what's morally justifiable and who gets to, who gets to tag it as morally justifiable. Yeah. Well, it's also, you know, anybody who, any cop who has have an informant who's a criminal, it's on, already on that gray line because that is, you know, illegal. So you're basically making a deal of exchanging a minor offense for a major offense. So... The greys everywhere. We just don't like to call it. But yeah, and so they've all done that. I mean, you've had Cooper, you know, when he beat a guilty man, you know, for a confession mm -hmm. long before the task force was ever formed. And so th this has been a running theme of what what is okay, where is that line, is there a line, is the line blurred, who says where the line is, and... And what do you do when the people that are supposed to be giving you the line are actually the bad guys, like we saw mm -hmm. in season three? Because the cabal yeah. was so deeply rooted that these are the people that are supposed to be saying, this is what's legal. These are the people making the rules. And, you know, because if they're in the FBI Using the law as a, the as a, as a and weapon. everywhere else, absolutely. You know that they were everywhere else in the government. And so... Mm -hmm. You know, it just brings up a lot of questions on who you trust, who gets to say what it is. It's, you know, mm -hmm. there, there are a lot of questions there. And me. how would and you it, feel? It's if, fascinating if, to watch. Let's say that at the end, you realize that Raymond Reddington has this entire time been an undercover agent. He's been running one of the longest undercover ops then everything that he has done, he's not a criminal. Yet he's killed people. But he's... is he? But but is he a criminal? I mean, because he's done criminal acts. So does that make him a criminal? Or is he suddenly justified because he had a bigger goal? Just because the government's not backing him, does that make his bigger goal any less morally justifiable than if the government's backing him? If mm -hmm. a certain government backs him, does that make it more justifiable? I, it, there are so many questions there, and it's that's the wonders of an intelligence community, is that a ambiguity there that we get to deal with. And as a character development fan, uh, it's it's like a candy store It's a minefield. <laughs> it's like, how can, doesn't it get any it's better? beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... Uh... I love, that's what I love about intelligence is that, is that um, sense that right and wrong are just two sides of the coin. And sometimes I always said, uh, especially I'm old enough to have lived the fall of the United States, of the uh, Russian, um, of the Soviet Union. And I remember thinking, you know, sometimes I think that the KGB had more in common with the CIA than they had with the respective governments. They understood each other better. 
they were living in the same world where the politicians were living somewhere else. Um, and I think that's the origin of the cabal. It's that at some point they realized the politicians were unstable and they come and go and they had their own agendas. And I think that that is the origin of the cabal. And I think as we're gearing towards understanding what the cabal really is, that will all come into, into play. What is really good? What is not good? What is, who's a criminal? Who's a traitor? Uh, are you a traitor because you're doing something that is against the rules of your country or are you trying to save your country from something else so um what do you thought about wrestler in this in this episode because there was not much of cooper there was not much of anybody else i i saw a post on tumblr it said there were two seconds of samar you know, and it was, that was accurate. Poor Samara was just non-existent in this episode. Um, not nearly as non-existent as Tom, though, by the way, <laughs> who did not show up at all, which, yeah, broke my heart a little bit, but you know, hey, the story, story leads where it leads. Um, it, it wouldn't have fit. Um, it was, I liked the idea of him basically being Liz's handler in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you know, with the exception of Cooper, um, I feel like right now he is, he understands her the best in there, and I think he was the best one to be her handler for this. And that, that's, honestly, there wasn't a whole lot to it. I mean, that, that sounds, I feel like I should have so much more, because he was, out of all the, the, you know, outside the of Liz and Red, he was the one that had the most time um but he honestly again his instincts his instincts are interesting because he he had that remember he said there's something wrong about it so i love that well liz was saying that too liz knew there was something wrong with emma and that that's something she went to she was keying in on I think Wrestler, as I watched him in my rewatch today, that scene where they're sitting on the benches, you know, back to back, I saw Wrestler being worried, like, we just got you back. Do you understand that you went on the run, you could have died, and then we got you back, and then you did die, and then we finally got you back again, and you're going off to a place where we have no jurisdiction. What the hell are you doing, Keen? You know? (laughs) I could just almost feel the frustration coming from the, you know, from the screen on him, that he's like, I know why you're doing this, but... Stop being stupid. It was almost like, you know, the, the job and the, the personal friendship were conflicting a little bit in that moment. Yeah, it was the, I mean, if all these people in the witness protection, it would have been a disaster, not just in matters of life loss, but of cases that could never have been closed. So I thought it was a, it was an interesting oh, choice for wrestler. I love the fact that against wrestler instance were like no, there's something is not wrong, it's not right, and she's like no, 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 they trust me. And it's like oh, I don't know about that. Um, which brings us to the most interesting character, Emma. She, she was. okay. So it freaked me out because I I knew I recognized the actress when I was watching it. And my first thought, she actually looks, I don't know if you ever watched Friends mm-hmm. when it was on. Yeah, like Lisa Kudrow. Uh, at yeah. certain angles, she actually looks like the actress that plays 
Yeah, she looks a little bit like Phoebe. She actually played a car- a more minor role on Once Upon a Time. That's where I know her from. Uh, she played, uh, I'm blank, Abigail, I think was her name on Once Upon a Time. But, and so I, I knew the actress. I knew I knew the actress. And, uh, so, but she was fascinating. I've seen a lot of interest sparked with her. Um, I caught on my rewatch today a parallel that I know you had already caught, um, but, but I caught it for myself today. When they're in the car and Liz is like, why on earth would you possibly quit your job at MI6 to go work full time for Raymond Reddington? And she says, you know, her response, he made me feel like I was the center of his universe. And my brain just keyed in. It didn't do it the night of the episode, but it keyed in. Yeah. <laughs> the alarms went off, and I went, Carla! Because Carla, when, when Liz went to her for for more information in season two to ask her if she could tell her anything, she said, there's no one on Earth that can make a woman feel like the center of his universe like Raymond Reddington. And that phrasing was so specific. It was so intentional. That there has to be a parallel to the drawing there. We just... Mm. I There have been a couple people that have said maybe she's Jennifer. Um, Tess, I know you did when the, the episode and was As on. soon as she and, appears, like, she's right. We just met uh, Jennifer. Yeah. But I, I'm I rather thought. fond of that. And it would also explain if... Certain things that we've we've thought about, you know, because I know you've mentioned the night of the fire. You think there were two little girls there, one of them being Jennifer. I I would imagine that Jennifer and Liz knew each other as small children. Jennifer being a couple, three years older, however many years older. And so she probably remembers Liz. And so if she is Jennifer, it makes a lot of sense why she would go so out of her way to protect Liz. That instinct of this is my, you know, whether... You know, this is my little sister. This is, you know, the equivalent of my little sister. Whatever the case, you know, that that protection instinct that would come in to walk in and and protect her from from um, Margot. Mm-hmm. I, I think that you you there, you get a lot of those things there uh, as to is Re- is Emma Jennifer the. F- most important thing that I find in that little theory is the fact that Reddington actually sent Liz in there because Emma had gone silent. And if you think about it, it was a dangerous situation. It is. It's a dangerous situation. He sent he sent a mother in. I mean, because she was gone, what, a minimum of three days, I would say. Because he was going back and forth between D.C. and Sydney, Australia, which is, what, a 14-hour trip, I think? Even on a mm-hmm. private jet, it's probably at least that. And so he's been going back and forth at least twice. So she, minimum of three days for that heist, I think. Um, at the And probably more like a week. Somewhere in there, mm-hmm. between three and, and six days, maybe. In a dangerous so she was, situation. She was deep cover, so she wasn't she wasn't leaving. She went dark for multiple days, so she wasn't with her child. She didn't get to reach out to her family. She was in t- she was deep cover for that time. And so, in saying deep cover, with the the difference between deep cover and just undercover being that deep cover. You don't surface from it. You know, you you 100% live, breathe it, 
you're not going home to your family. You were staying wherever. I mean, she was staying with Emma, it looked like, when she was... Okay, here's an interesting question that leads into it. Do you think Liz was really drunk? I don't know. I never thought about it. I would think it would be a dangerous... As soon as Emma said... As soon as Emma said that, my reaction was... Yeah, my reaction was that she wasn't drunk. She was faking it to get in, telling to give across what she needed to get across. Yet it was enough that Emma knew who she was. Unless yeah, Emma has always known who she was. Did, so I, you I, know, I never it. did a I second think that rewatch. Emma knew what to look for. Yeah, I, I think. I think that Emma knew what to look for was the key is that she if she hadn't been connected to Reddington, nothing Liz said would have keyed her off. But she was connected to Reddington. So something she did, something she said, keyed her off. But Margot never knew. Um, I'm blanking on the other girls names, but, you know, none of them ever keyed into it. So I don't think, you know. I know there was a reaction on Tumblr that said, oh my gosh, why would you go undercover and get wasted? I don't think she was. I think it takes quite a bit for Liz to get drunk. Because we saw her in season three when she was on the run. Drink after drink after drink with what's his name? You know, the, the hillbilly. Jasper. Jasper. That was his and name. She got him plenty drunk, but but she was drinking right along with him. And she drank him under the table. Yeah, I never, you know what, I would have to rewatch when they when they first saw each other because, I mean, this could go both ways. She could not be Jennifer Reddington, just be what she said she is. She's an MI5 agent that, um, that Reddington is working with, and finally she just went to work with him full time. Could be that. However, there are interesting little things that happened the fact first that one that we just talked about he sent her he sent Liz because Emma went silent the fact that he sent Emma in he sent Emma in for because of the to see what they were going to steal so that is interesting she was in there way before Liz now she goes dark red sends Liz the Liz, he was going crazy. He was like dying when she died, when he thought her dead, and yet he's sending her because Emma went silent. So that tells me this is something interesting. This is something to look for. Now we got the second thing. Je- Emma using the exact wording that Carla used, and you know when you grow up with someone, you always think in the same. Kind of, you hear things and you tend to refer to things in the same kind of language as your parents do. It's a normal thing. Um, that's one thing. And then there is all this British little things going on. So I'm starting to think she really is Jennifer. And if you think about it, she eight years ago, she went and worked for Red. Jennifer disappeared in 2007. We always I'm meant to think that Jennifer was a, I don't know, 17-year-old girl who escaped and left home. That's not really what was said. So I think the theory is certainly interesting enough for us to take it, at least think about it. 
I found reading this episode riveting, fascinating. It was honestly very low-key, but masterful performance. This this episode had me, you know, like salivating for the rest of the season because it was. I'm seeing that you know. I don't know if you remember the the every year they have done the promo pictures and the promo pictures are a pretty good story. This year, the only promo picture was like a red kind of peeling, and then there was another man that you could see. So I knew that the season would be, we're peeling the layers. We're taking a peek at who Red really is. And and I thought that we saw very interesting things, some of them with Emma. The way, I don't know if you remember, um, the, the time when Liz went to clean the mess of Tom in the boat, and Red says, you should have come to me. And Liz says, I didn't need to. And this time, Red goes to see Emma, and Emma is looking at her son, and Red is sad. Red is not angry like Kate. Red is sad. Red has the same look in his eyes as when he tells Liz, you should have come to me. Because I think that Red kind of knew that Tom was alive, but as you said many times in the in the other recordings, I think that he thought, hey, I don't know, maybe she has him in a home or something. They're kind of living together again or whatever. He never imagined that horror of the boat and the, and the chains and the whole thing. And I think that when I saw Red in that park with looking at the kid, I thought, yep, that is Red with a, with a daughter. Jennifer may not be his biological daughter but that was that sadness why you couldn't come to me it's like i didn't think it was an option and red looked hurt by that and if you see the way red reacted to kate and to newton that's not the way he may say well you should have come to me but it wasn't that hurt like you didn't come to me why and i think that that is another parallel this is red starting to understand what Liz was telling him when they were on the shipping container. I, I don't know how you take people looking at you with that fear. And I think it's the first time that he had driven home to Red that people, including the people he loves, fear him. Well, I think this goes back to something we talked about before we started recording. And it, it ties in very well with this. That Dembe came to Liz and said, I don't think Raymond cares about anybody but you and Agnes. I personally disagree with that. I think he does. And I think that the key here is that people that he loves, people that he... I mean, because that that's the thing with people like Red, people like Tom, even people like Liz, uh, to an extent. I mean, I think she, she cares more on a broader sense of what she's being viewed as. But people like Red and Tom, they don't care. I mean, the, the people that are just passing by, they're moving in and out of their lives, what do they matter? You know, both of them have been so transient most of their lives that, you know, people don't stick around long enough for their opinions to matter. It's it's a very small handful of people for those two men that they care about their opinions. It, for Tom, it's incredibly small. It's like one person, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, and so I think it's when... When people like Dembe, people like Liz, people like apparently Emma for, you know, if if she's Jennifer or if she's an, there's another connection there that we just don't know yet, regardless, people that he cares about are starting to look at him like that and starting to judge him on that. And he's going, 
it's starting to hit home with him. It's starting to be, to, to chip away at that. Mm-hmm. It, it's, you know, he's, I, I was immediately reminded of that scene. He says, how do you do that? And he said, people who look at you, they don't know you. They don't know anything about you. And this is not the case with the people that are looking at Red with fear. They do know him. It's the people that matter. It's the people that he will burn the world to protect them. Exactly. And they are looking. And Liz is probably the one that fears him the least. But um, it's an interesting dynamic that is presenting. And I think that Kaplan's death is being... It's being used. It was it was a way to create the situation where Red is is losing it. He's in inner turmoil to an extent. And I, I was watching the scenes where he gets Carla back, and it's the first time that you see that turmoil in him. It was this like little bubbly that came up, bubble, and then went down. Well, Liz says in season one, I think it's the second episode, she says, you know, that, that he doesn't have connections. He doesn't have, you know, and he's he's made the comment to her, I don't have friends. You know, it, it, he doesn't make those connections because they're weaknesses. And so <clears throat> we found out as we've moved along that he does have friends. He has people he cares about very, very deeply. And one of the things, the, the scene by the tree when Red, did not when, when he wasn't angry at her for betraying him he was hurt he was he was hurt he was worried for he wanted to help her that scene coupled with the fact that he did not because we know that red feels guilt over kaplan i mean we've seen it with dembe we've seen it you know in the way he's reacting he's I feel like he's crying for help more than he's being cold about it. Like he's putting, he's trying to put forward this mask and it's, you know, but as the audience, we can see that better than the characters can. And, but the, the second thing that really keyed, the second thing that really keyed, uh, keyed me in on that is the fact that when Liz was going after me and she was digging at him, like Kate, you know, like, like Mr. Kaplan, like you did with Mr. Kaplan, she betrayed you and you killed her. He did not defend himself. He let her believe as she believed. He just he didn't say one way or the other. He just let her go with it. And so there's something about Emma that he needs to protect. He didn't lie to Liz, but he did let her believe this. Emma was dead. Yeah, that this incorrect opinion that Liz had every right to jump to after finding out about Kaplan because she doesn't know there's a connection with Emma. You know, other mm -hmm. than working for him. And if he's able to do that to Kaplan, who he's close with, why wouldn't he be able to do it to just any old asset? And so I can understand why she's pissed there, why she's angry there, and why she would go to that. But it means all the more that Red doesn't correct her. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He, he lets her believe because he keeps Emma safe. Nobody's looking for Emma. The other the other interesting thing about that it's i go back to one of the pivotal scenes that was caught off from the show that aired that scene between red and tom and it kills me and i know the i know now the reason why they caught it i know it now i know it because it was so telling that they had to take it out and they left it as a little nugget 
for the crazy fans who watch the, the deleted scenes. Okay, for those listeners that are new that have not heard Tessa go on and on about this scene, the scene she's referring to is from season three DVDs and Blu-rays. They cut a scene out. Watch top- it. Yes, absolutely. Thoroughly, thoroughly recommend the, the Blu-rays. I bought most of the series on Amazon and then turned around and bought the Blu-rays. Um, just for the deleted information. Anyway, but it's a scene between Red and Tom where they're discussing Tom's activity with going after Kirk. And Red tells him that he doesn't have the luxury of not having someone expecting him to come home. That he can't do what he's doing and come home and be a father to Agnes. It, it's a, it's just a very interesting conversation. And Tessa is a huge fan of this cutscene. I am. And I, I couldn't understand until we got to yesterday. I couldn't understand why they caught it. Yesterday, that piece fell in place. They caught it because of the scene, not that part. Like you, you can, the part where he says, you lost that objectivity and I can do it. You know, you jeopardize the mission because to save that little girl, um, you lost your objectivity. And then he tells, he tells him that, uh, you, you, you don't have the luxury that I have that basically nobody cares if I come home or not. It doesn't matter to anybody. And I think what we are seeing here is that, Red had begun to collect his family again because this, after all, this is a family battle. And once the family has been collected, they need his, his objectivity is lost. And he had, he, in, uh, go ahead, go ahead. You're, you're like dying to <laughs> jump in, jump no. in. I was gonna say, not continue. I'm not going to lose a train of thought. Okay, good. Go, uh, go. Just, just throwing in there, Liz is his way home. She yes. is somehow the key to bringing his family back together. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. All right, go. Sorry. Uh, because, and why is Liz the key? Because Jennifer was older than Liz. If if I'm right, in Carly's Katerina, basically he was angry with with her and couldn't even... He lost her and he will protect her, but he didn't want to listen to her. He didn't want to listen to what she did or why she did it. She just parked her in safety and said, you stay out of this. And he's been doing, he's putting the pieces of in the chest. And throughout the years, he, he has been putting Liz in the FBI, Emma in the, in the MI5. Um, he's collecting the assets and as he collects the assets, he is forced to 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 buy the because this assets is a family business. This I I bet at the end we're gonna see that this is Tom's word. We're this functional family, one in which you occasionally try to kill one another. It's what we're gonna see the blacklist is about. Um, and as we go along and he starts doing this, he's losing that objectivity he's he's getting out of the shell because he's connecting with the real people the people he's doing this for so he's seeing jennifer he's seeing liz and killing kaplan is something that the criminal the undercover red had to do a criminal criminal red had to kill kate for the betrayal but he is losing it because he's he's kind of like 
trying to climb out of this undercover identity as a criminal. Oh, it's and, kind of like Tom when when he was, you know, they, they called it a Pinocchio story that he was, you know, uh, mm-hmm. assembling a soul and becoming a real boy. You know, all all the phrases mm-hmm. that were around during that point, and you could see the difference between killing uh, Eugene Ames, where he was like, I didn't even remember that guy's name, and killing Asher Sutton, where he was forced into the situation. There, if he was going to get out alive, there was no other way around it, and. How when he, like, I remember watching that scene and thinking that he'd gotten hurt somehow when he flopped back because he just looked so devastated. And I think that's what we're seeing with Red a great deal. Just like you're saying, he's starting to crack that that shell. The the one that has protected him so long and has kept him so distant that he he can't go back. We go back to Liz's original assessment of Red. That profile that she made out of red, and it's very, and and I think that one thing that maybe Liz will start to remember is that red had never said she's the only vulnerability he has. Says you're, I I look to protect all my vulnerabilities. Oh me, and she jumps at it and he she's leaves it at that. Yes, exactly. And and I think that if if Jen if this is Jennifer that we're seeing. It makes perfect sense just protecting the little sister because the little sister is the one that was seen and is the one that had the body. I have my own theories of why Liz is pivotal because I think Liz was the one who stole the, the, the fulcrum. I think she was trained to steal things and she was probably going with mommy and putting and she was probably being being uh taking it so that she could like take something and put it in her body and who well he's a cute little girl. So twisted. <laughs> but these are, I mean, Eisenrath came off of Alias, and that was very much, I, I've never gotten through all of Alias. I need to go back to it. But I know that that was a good portion of it, was training small children to do terrible things and set them up to be spies. So mm-hmm. it's certainly not without out of the realm of possibility. And in a way, I think that that is what Red was saying in Kip May, you know, that he tried to get her he he left her with Sam because he was going to take her out of that. He was trying to stop the daughter of Katerina Rostova and Raymond Reddington from being like them. But at the end, you cannot. Ooh, which would make so much sense why he freaked out over the wedding. It's... The child of Raymond Reddington and Katerina Rostova marrying the child of Howard and Scotty Hargrave. Do you know how much they control in terms of power and money? So much. <laughs> Agnes is like the little the group. Yeah. Tell yeah. Agnes. Agnes. Is, yeah. <laughs> Agnes is like the little princess that runs the world. And then we, if we go into those dynastic things, we could even say, hey, what if there are some dynastic things on top of this? Well, you, you've seen the, you've seen the, the pictures for the, next week's an off week, but you've seen the pictures for the following week, right? With, with oh, Agnes. we don't have a blacklist next week? We don't. I'm very sad. Um, Why? I think it's the Super Bowl. I don't know. That would require me to pay attention to things that most people care about. I think it's a Super Bowl. It's about that time, and so that's my assumption. Um, no, but there's these photos of Agnes that people keep joking because she's got her little hand up, and she looks like mm-hmm. she's waving, like, peasants bow to me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember that one. It's, um, 
very, very interesting. The dynamics are getting so interesting and so complex. So I think that when people ask me, you know, I'm too upset about Red Keep killing Mr. Kaplan. My, my answer is Red was acting on the part of the criminal and the part of the criminal implies that he must exert, like he said, exert quick in, um, and um, what is the words that he used in the last episode? When he killed justice or retribution, you you cannot tolerate that. It's it goes with the territory. So just as as Tom believes what he's saying, Red had to believe and act like a criminal. We do it for real, or we don't do it at all. So, um, what do you think? Looking ahead, as the theorist of the uh, of the podcast. We've got, and, and like I said, we've got that off week, which makes me absurdly sad. Because um, I thought we were going to have straight through, and then someone laid that terrible news down on me that we've got that one week. It's like we've only been back for three episodes. Why? <laughs> Why would you do this to us? <laughs> but Super Bowl is on a Sunday, isn't it? I think it's on a Thursday. I think it's a weeknight. Oh. No, I don't. I I don't know. I, I don't the only football, football I pay attention is my college alma mater. Like that's it. Otherwise, I don't care. It's I know I'm a bad American or something, but that's that's okay. I'm okay with being a bad American in that that section of it. <laughs> um, but any, anyway, but we've got Red going to Tom for the for uh. To, to root out his mole. And it goes back to what you and I have been saying for ages now. If you need the job done right, hire Tom Keene. <laughs> and also go to the family. Yes. It's a dysfunctional family. We may occasionally, you know, send a guy to got you. Or I send you the tattoo of your employee. Um, but, you know, good or bad, they're family now. Take a pot shot and, you know, clip you in the arm. You know, hey, at least it wasn't your face, dude. You know? <laughs> Hey, I could have killed you, but I didn't. I could have got you in the leg. That would have been worse. No, it was just the arm. And he does the same thing to Scotty as a little, like, hey. In-laws, man. Oh, cool. In-laws. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I tell you. it's. I, I mean, the more you look at this, and you're going to see that this is the family. It's a family thing. <laughs> oh, God. Can you imagine those Thanksgivings and Christmases with the Hargraves and the Reddingtons? Oh With yeah, Scotty the and guns Red. like okay, guns get collected so people they would don't have send to. <laughs> and you'd Plus, have to put a you couldn't even get through a metal detector because somehow Red would get around it, and so would Scotty. And Howard and Katarina would just be sitting over there going, "We know we're oh. not responsible for this." <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we find that the Katarina is, is the worst of them. And I, I think that that is very interesting to me because I mean we had things that Red saying, "Oh, Katarina, you know she has your temper to Dom." So if Dom got the temper, Katarina probably had the temper. Liz certainly has the temper, and I always say. Who's the other woman who has punched Red? Carla. She sees him. You look different. Punches him so hard. And he just turns his head, looks at her like, boy, you haven't changed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's such a dysfunctional family, and I love it. Um, it really is. 
And yeah, the son-in-law that Red never, never wanted, but is now stuck with. And I'm sure that amuses Tom on some level. I hope it does, for his sake. I think once they they uh, they start working together, I think it's it's a very interesting way that they set this up. And I have an idea that this is going to bleed into he's going to redemption because I have this little theory that Howard is finding untoward things in in his business company. Maybe he's been away. Maybe he's been Stop sick, and he he calls upon red like do you know a good operative and red goes like yeah by the way he's your son oh i would i would just love that that would make my day i because i've had some issues shocking that i've had some issues um i've had some issues with the fact that red came to tom was like this is your mother that's it it's all he'll give him he's like yeah you should go look into this but he won't tell him anything about it and i'm sitting there going you're doing the same thing to him as you do to Liz. Let me dangle a little information and jerk it back. And it's just, it but the difference is like Tom is like, well, yeah, whatever. She yeah, abandoned me. What do picked, I care? He picked the wrong person for it because Tom isn't Liz. He just, he's grown up his entire life telling himself that he doesn't care about his biological family to the point that he probably believes that it's only been recently. That he's even started questioning it again. And so I would love it, love it, love it, love it, if Red were the reason Tom gets connected with Howard. Because for me, it's like, I, I have issues with it. Not only just Red stopped jerking the Keens around, but also for the fact that Red seems to have been very close with Howard. And if he was, I'm going, okay, so why would you keep this man's son from him? Like, I, I can... Un I can understand, I can wrap my mind around Red jerking Tom around. He doesn't really even like Tom very much. He puts up with him now because he's his, you know, he's Liz's husband. He he puts up with him, but he doesn't like him. I don't think he's ever going to like the man. And I can see them having a Don Red scene eh, a few yeah. years from now. Okay, give him 40 years. <laughs> um... But regardless, I it's I think I'm more upset in the fact that Red would do that to Howard than I am Red doing it to Tom, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I I agree. I think that that is um, uh, I think that that wouldn't it be lovely if he goes undercover with his own mom? So he goes undercover undercover. He goes to work in an undercover as working an undercover mission. What does it sound like to what I just said about Red? Red is working a long undercover mission by being a criminal. So it's another undercover doing undercover. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're getting layers of undercover. It's delightful. Shocking layers in the blacklist. We've never seen that before. Or parallels. <laughs> parallels and layers. They just don't do that here. Um, no. <laughs> we never talk about them ever. How about Mr. Magnuson? I would do you think that that is the guy who uh, put the forty million for Red's head. You know what? I saw you make a comment about that, and I I had not thought. Or no, no, no. Uh, I saw someone else make a comment about that. Uh, I don't remember. Maybe Devil's Advocate. Someone said it on Tumblr. Um, Blacklister. I think it was Blacklister. Yeah. Regardless, somebody yeah. said it on Tumblr, and I was like, oh my gosh, I hadn't thought about that. But maybe. I mean, it makes sense because it. They have that habit of pulling things back around, and that's that's a dangling thread. Someone put a put a, a mark out on forty his head. million, yeah, forty million for his head in a bag. And I think that we may be seeing a, a, 
um, another one of Katerina's targets there. I don't know, but regardless, I'm very, very curious at this point. I my my curiosity has been ratcheted up tenfold mm -hmm. by that, and which is good. That's what you want with a show like this. You don't want to go into it going, "Meh, all right, I'm bored," because that's when you walk away. I'm yeah. I've never. I, there have been episodes that I'm like, okay, this was not the most entertaining episode. Uh, their their montage flashback episode, the major, I was pretty bored with that one, but um with the exception of a few scenes that were new. Um, but um, for the most part, there are very, very few moments that I'm bored in the blacklist. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? You think this guy is going to be the next big baddie? Oh, I think so. Yeah. I, I think that's what they're working up towards. That, that would be my assumption. Another guy who's into shipping. Apparently. There are a lot of boats. And I saw someone make a comment about that. They, they drew the parallel with Red talking about that he always wanted to be a ship captain and the fact that this was taken out from under him. You know, that this buying this, mm -hmm. this group. And I said, I, it could be that it's just a coincidence. It could be. Or how well does this guy know Red? And that's the guy who, who's undermining Magnuson? Mm -hmm. How well does um, he know Red? It's well, a possibility that he knows him very well. And, you know... I, mm -hmm. I couldn't tell if Red, because he has that reaction when he knows something and when he doesn't know something. He just, he clamps down, gives no reaction, and walks off to handle the situation. So I'm still not sure if he recognized the name or not and knows who he is. But he's the one who gives the name, isn't it? No, no. The, the, he, he asks who, who bought the company and the gentleman that he's been trying to do business with gives the name. And then Red just kind of stares at him and goes, good day. Stands up, walks off. Well, I think that we need to go back to that one thread that has never been explained. What was in the Rostova file? Mm. It's a very thin file. And yet it's just, it just keeps getting worse. And it cannot be Kirk. Because at that moment, he knew about Kirk. He's known about Kirk. Kirk had a gun in his mouth. This is not news to him. So whatever he saw in the Rostova file has nothing to do with Kirk. Yeah, everything to do with with uh, who Katerina was. And Katerina was undercover honey trap. I do, so think, I do think we're about to be let in. I think that the final episode of season four will be either Katerina coming back or mm. the hint of Katerina coming back. Or, the, so. or there would be the next big body, like um, a confrontation, unless they they resolve the situation into I the think, next one. I think Katarina will be a big bad of sorts, an emotional big bad for Red. Uh, whether they're oh, working yeah. on the same side or whether she's playing a game, who knows. But I also think that we've got to get Liz and Red to the point. Because, I mean, Liz wants to know her mother so badly. We need to get Liz and Red to the point that Liz is going to trust Red when it comes, maybe not always go with him when it comes to Katarina, but she's she's got to be able, she gets so frustrated with him because she has so few answers with him a lot of times. I mean, I don't, I'm not blaming her for this at all, but she, I wish we could get her to that place where she understands that Red is acting out. Like with Kate. Like, I 
I want her to use some of those profiling and psychological training capabilities of hers to go, to, to be able to know why he's done what he's done, if that makes sense. Like, she does it with Tom. I mean, she, she's gotten to the point where she knows Tom well enough, again, that she can, he can do something totally off the rails, and she's like, I know why you did this, you're stupid, I'm going to slap you, but I know why you did it. I need to get her to that point with Red, is my personal druthers. Mm. I, I hope by the end of season four we get to that point. I, I have a feeling that um, Red is really unraveling, and that unraveling, you know, doing a back thing, we started seeing little drops of unraveling, and he was recovering. And then this pregnancy really started a, a downhill spiral for him. I think because he brought the memories of when Katerina was pregnant, when there was a child in danger, when he was so worried about it. And ever since he's gone, you know, like he gets better and then he spirals a little more. And now this has been a really bad spiraling. Um, I think that the blacklist will get to the point where Liz will take Red's place in the war. Because she is the heir apparent. Yeah. And she's the one who has the ability. Well, she's already taken a step with that when she went with the fulcrum to uh, to Peter. Mm-hmm. And, and the way she went about that, she definitely took a very firm step in that direction. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people think, oh, she looks like Katerina is a physical thing. I think it was the way she went around it. You know, it was very daring because Katarina has to be a daredevil. She I mean, the things the that she was danced in some random guy's yard. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think that that random guy was actually Red's family, but might have been. Yeah, maybe his own in her own real identity. <laughs> um, it's it's bound to be interesting. It's I think it's going to be really good. I'm excited yeah. for it. So. Yeah, I think it was it was great. I think the the workout into the next week is going to be fantastic. I cannot wait. Red asking Tom to work in his organization I to just, look for. Oh, I know. I love that preview of she's not here and he's got a gun in his hand. So you know, this poor guy's like, would people stop breaking into our home? <laughs> and then he's like, oh, okay. It's, I'm not you here gotta to wonder. It's like. It's like Red has employed him before, and it didn't turn out well. <laughs> it's got to cause pause. Um, on on Tom's end as well. <laughs> well, now they're family. Eh, yeah, and they've been through a lot since. Do you think that, that Tom knows that Red is um, List's father? Oh, I still go by it with the same thing I, I've been saying, that I think he thinks it's a very high possibility there's a lot of uh, suspicion there about it but until he's given he's not going to go with liz go to liz with it because he's already done that once she shot him down on it so basically unless some unless someone hands him a you know dna test definitive the definitive evidence he's just going to kind of sit back and watch watch the players go Mm -hmm. it's not his place no it's really not i mean and to be fair the best option for the way Liz reacts to things is for it to come from Red. In which I've, I have this little headcanon want and wish someday for Tom to get that definitive evidence and go to Red and go, I can't keep this secret, but I will tell you it needs to come from you. 
and basically give him an ultimatum and say, you need to be the one to tell her because otherwise it's going to break her heart. So go tell her, you know, um, and, and have read, you know, and basically take a step back and pretend he knows nothing of it, you know, <laughs> and, and let Red do the right thing. And so I, I have no idea if it would ever come to that or not, but it's just a fun little, fun little thought mm. I have. Pops around my head often. I think we were all imagining the ending of the Blacklist, our, our personal way. Oh, I don't, that's not the ending that I have in my head, but <laughs> I, I am convinced the ending will be Liz and Tom with Agnes between them in the park and possibly walking out and everybody else is out there. I, I think that that would be my, you know, wants and wishes is for everyone to be alive and happy and safe. Well, I have I have one in which is the Red Funeral. Red is restored to his arminal status. They got this funeral for him, fold the, the, the flag, gives it to Liz, and, you know, they walk out of there with a little girl in between them. And they go to this uh, out-of-the-way house by a river, because Red had always said he wants a house by the river to watch things float by. And uh, he's there, and then uh, Liz arrives, and beside him, you know, and Cooper arrives, and Red says, come on, get your, your rod. And they are fishing in the river. Oh, and teaching there's a Agnes big... to fish. Red teaching Agnes to fish. It's precious. Oh, I need it now. Okay, I like that one. <laughs> I will adopt that one as well. <laughs> well, that's uh, the end of this podcast. Wraps us up for the episode. And so you can listen to us on iTunes, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Please feel free to leave us any messages, good, bad, critiquing, otherwise, etc., etc. We are on Facebook, I, or, I'm sorry, Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. So feel free to leave us a message anywhere and... Uh, we will we will be off next week. We didn't take time in the hiatus, but I guess we're taking a week because there's no blacklist. And so we actually, I guess we'll take a break. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, see you in two weeks with yeah. the exciting new episode, uh, which is Nicole, um, what's her, the name of the episode? Uh, Nicole Luna, something like that. Mm-hmm. That sounds like an exciting one. So I can't wait to see you guys um, in two weeks from now. Yes. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.